Welcome back to Last Word on Hockey, Season 2, Episode 30 here on Mad Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim Berenger, alongside Mark Weiss. Coach Jay, we're back for another impromptu show. Looking at the trades, some of the signings here, NHL Draft Weekend. Um, boys, welcome back. I know, again, probably didn't plan to do this, but figured, you know what, a lot of important Can't get enough of each other, huh? Yeah, we really can't get enough yeah. of each other. Um it's just a lot of going on here as free agency rolls around. So I just want to say welcome back again. What's going on? Welcome, welcome. I'll tell you, the NHL draft's getting so big. My my daughter works at a local ISIS place, and she said the guys were sitting in the back watching the draft while they should have been working. I won't mention the name of the place because I don't want to get them in trouble. I mean, yeah. look, you know, it's good to see the draft back. It's kind of, you know, quick note of the draft. Like, everybody, see everybody on, on uh, Twitter killing ESPN for their coverage now. Uh, just a quick side note here before we get into the trades. NBCSN was supposed to host a draft, but obviously what happened with the contract, they decided to move it last minute to ESPN. So it's really doing everything out of the NHL Network studio, and that's the feed that they're getting. Same what we saw with the Seattle expansion draft. So, I mean, first round of the draft was, went pretty well. You know, Devils obviously, you know, get Luke Hughes, which is pretty good. He probably won't be around for a while. And then Owen Powers went first. A lot of Michigan guys went in the top 10, which was really that was good a shock. Yeah. I mean, that my Michigan guys, you knew they weren't sticking around. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I heard a lot of these guys are going to go back, try to win the, the chip this year. And then, well, they have to in their yeah. minds, they have to, because last year they didn't even get a shot at it because they were coveted out of the, out of the NCAAs. Exactly. So if they could go back, get a chance to win the chip, in, in the NCAA and then, you know, go pro, that's going to be good for them. So we're going to start off, keep it local flair uh, early on. Obviously we talked about the Rangers last week, what they did, obviously Barkley Goudreau, uh, they traded for him as rights. They officially announced the a contract for six years, uh, 3.6 million AAV for a pretty important piece to their new and improved lineup. They say you got to get tougher and they did. Uh, they brought in, Tampa, one of members of Tampa's third line. One of their other members went to Seattle in the draft, and it looks like either Gordon. Blake Coleman will go to the Devils or Dallas. So they're going to be losing their entire third line. But that's a good piece for the Rangers to bring in. We touched on it last week. How and and the, and the contract's good, six years, and mm-hmm. the amount is good. I don't know if people are going to like the amount when they find out that he's probably going to stay on the third line with the pieces they just acquired from St. Louis as they sent. Pavel Bushnevich to St. Louis for Sammy Blay and a second round pick. Sammy Blay is a Stanley Cup champion with the Blues in 2019. He was part of their fourth line, third and fourth line as a bottom center. But you're going to bring in a guy like Goudreau, you got to find the pieces to play with him. Exactly. And Blay is going to be the first piece that you're going to have to play with him. So the Rangers are going into their new and approved look. And you, ha- you have to give up something to get something. I don't know if you need to give up Bushnevich to get Sammy Blade, but obviously the Rangers had several RFAs and salary cap issues to deal with. So that's why they made that move. 100% why they made that move. I know 
I know Coach Jay will get into the Buchnevich piece because he's been a big champion of Buch for a number of years, so I won't even touch on that. I'll look at the, the Barclay signing. I love what this guy said. I love when he came out and said, look, if Ranger fans are expecting I'm going to come in here and score 30 goals and be a playmaker, they've got the wrong guy. I'm here to make this team tougher. I'm here to make this team, you know, a playoff caliber team and do all the gritty things that don't show up on the score sheet. So he's already put it out there and let them know exactly the guy they're getting. And at least he knows the guy he is, because how many times do free agents come to these big markets and feel, oh, my gosh, I got this big money. Now I got to play like I'm a superstar. And so kudos to him for letting everybody know who he is and what he's going to bring and why he's here. And I think he's going to do fine. And then, and I think three, five is not a bad deal. I really don't maybe yeah. six years, a little long, but three, five is still right. I think the six years is pretty good. Cause that's pretty much right in the timeline what the Rangers want to do with everything. Yeah. I mean, that's their, their windows now for the next five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And with the flat, flat cap, three not going up. Is, no, and 3.6 for a third line for what he brings and what, if they make the playoffs and we hope they make well, this is make the playoffs. Yeah. That 3.6, you can't magnify the worth of a player like that on your third line after what the Rangers went through and were exposed as a soft team. And he's won two Stanley Cups playing a style getting all the way through being so important. The Rangers didn't have guys like that. So 3.6 for a guy like that, how much would you have to pay for a guy on as, as a free agent to bring in? Probably four, four and a half. And be if stuck. that guy's available. If, if that, that guy's available, available, a lot of Because that's been the problem. It's not that the Rangers didn't want to pay for it. It's that that guy wasn't there. Exactly. exactly. So I like the deal. And Bushnevish, man, if they could only have kept him. I think it's the flat cap. He's up for almost $5 million a year as he goes to arbitration. And who knows? Like, again, they did a bridge deal with him that expired. There may be a thing that they can't do another bridge deal and would have to rather give him the money or let another team do all the well, I heard there were two other teams that were going to sign him. Yeah, that's what scared him. So they traded him and they got a number two, a second round pick in next year's draft, where they're going to be able to, like this, this draft, listening, how many of these guys weren't even, they couldn't even tell what they were doing over the last year and they're drafting these guys, not being able to scout them over a year. Exactly. They're going to have a number two next year, and they get a guy who was on the St. Louis Blues who played with Terrence Seiko who knew one thing. He knew his role. So you have those two guys on the third line. Or it should be on the third line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but expect Bar- Barkley Goudreau to be playing higher than that. You got a mistake. This is what they're doing. They're building a third line like Tampa did, like St. Louis did, like Boston did. They're building that line, and that's what you need to do. The gritty now, shutdown but- line. Exactly. Now, Butchnevich became expendable because you have guys like Kako, you guys got Lafreniere. But the interesting thing is, is like, you know, they're, they're making all these little moves here and you wonder, you know, there's still, there's still rumors and, and it's picked up between it's Minnesota Rangers for Jack Eichel. Eichel. So Sabres are not moving off their price of what they want. It's astronomical. No, but they have the Bushnevich became expendable. The next Rangers piece is not, you know, it's not Rangers related, but it is, is the fact that Kel McCarr signed his, his contract with the Avalanche this year, uh, today, six years, nine million AAV. Where's the money for Landeskog? Well, Landeskog, but also don't forget, what about Fox? he just won the Norris Trophy. 
Adam Fox. Adam He's Fox. going for a new contract soon. And it's going to be the McCarr contract because guess what? He won the Norris Trophy. He edged him out. And you, you better be paying him that. It'll be interesting to see what Colorado does. They still got to sign Grubauer. Landis Gog, I think seven times seven will probably get it done. They may have to go a little higher than that. But you got McCarr locked up. You got those guys locked up. They're gonna they're trying to win now. They just gotta get their goaltender. But like I said, what do you think? I think the Fox deal is similar to the McCarr deal once once they finally get it done and it's movement there. As long as as well as I heard that St. Louis is locking trying to lock up Buchnevich as well for a couple of years. So Good That'll be him. Good for him. I don't think they traded for him to, to not lock him up. I think exactly. when you trade for a guy, you're going to pay for the guy. Well, yeah. I don't know if they announced the contract yet, but there was discussions about contract extensions the day of the trade. It's coming. No, it's coming. You don't you send just... assets and get nothing in re- get something in return and not lock it down. Well, it doesn't like, make any sense. It's not it's like business. And we got a number four. Yeah, I mean, we're getting. Well, Ranger we're getting fans are ecstatic to get rid of Howden. Exactly. They, they would have driven him to him. wherever he was going. <laughs> <laughs> but, exactly. But, but it'll um, be interesting. It'll really be interesting to see what the Fox deal is like and what Shesterkins gets this year because are they going to bridge him? Are they going to give him a long-term deal? Do they believe in him enough to give him a longer-term deal? They're going to make him, you know, give him a bridge and see, you know, you have the backup of Gorgiev, um, you know. so May not. May not. May not, you know. They're going to obviously buy out Tony D'Angelo. So there, there's a lot of pieces moving yeah, they, for the Rangers. They definitely bought out Tony D. And, you know, the, the question is, is he wearing the scarlet letter? Is he an untouchable? Or will somebody I take a flyer? I think somebody's going to pick him up, to be honest. The, the place that would have been the great place for him to go, he couldn't go to for some political reasons, would have been Seattle. Because that would have been a great place to put him on the power play out there and, you know, Really, you know, for cut rate, but I understand why they can't do it. There's a lot of reasons going on there. Dallas, yeah, well, Dallas, Dallas could work because you know Seattle picked up, you know, they picked up a couple of good D and uh, Alexiak and Larson. So you know, if they, if that's a good replacement there, I mean, I wonder if Montreal Pittsburgh wanted circles, him a trade deadline, and so did Montreal. I wonder if Montreal circles back on him. I would think it would be smart for them to do it. To be honest, because you know. As we all know right now, we it's been officially announced that that Shea Weber will. They didn't say retirement; they just said that he will not be joining the team next year for and injury potentially purposes. Potentially longer. Potentially longer, because you know these guys don't retire because then it hurts their their, well, no, their money. No, he's not going to retire because he's he got six. Years. He's got five years remaining. <laughs> yeah, but he has twelve million reasons not to retire, and he can just be on LTIR for the rest of his career and just go to Arizona and get paid from Arizona as they just fill up LTIR space, or they could, he could just stay with Montreal and do it. So yep. they can just give him cash space every year. He's not retiring or else no. that Nashville gets hit with the cap penalty and they're not going to want to do it. No, no. Nashville is going to want is going to take it right between the eyeballs. If he retired, Montreal doesn't exactly. have to worry. Nope. No, nope. Nashville might have, might want to send some, uh, some giraffe picks over to Montreal to keep him on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of defensemen moving, how about the deal yesterday that we saw with the Columbus blue jackets and, the Seth Chicago Jones. Blackhawks. Seth Jones goes to Chicago. He joins his brother. Uh, he then signs an eight-year, seventy-six million-dollar deal, nine-point-five AAV. They send Adam Boquist to first and a second over to Columbus. Columbus definitely in rebuild mode because again, Columbus then sent. It was interest. We'll we'll touch on both trades, but we'll we'll start with the Jones trade. But I want to announce this one as well. Um, you know, 
Cam Atkinson seemed to be a lifer in Columbus, fit their style, fit what they were doing. He's going to go to Philly, but they're going to bring back Jacob Vortrek. Vortrek started his career in Columbus. So that's an interesting trade there. But we can start off with the Jones trade. What do you guys think of it? Um, definitely looks like Chicago's going to try to make another run for it with Taze and Kane. They just got to get the goaltending situated. Well, I think it all started when uh, Mr. Keith went up to Edmonton. So they freed up yeah. some money there and they opened up the spot for Jones. Jo- Jones was he was on life support in, in Columbus. He he did it to himself. He said right off the bat, he's not resigning there. And so Columbus was forced to get whatever they could get for this asset. And it, it's a darn good asset. But it seems like everybody wanted that at Columbus. And the problem is they let that coach stay too long and he and he spoiled the he spoiled the stew. And they lost a lot of good players. If they would have gotten rid of Tortorella maybe the year before, they don't lose these guys. Exactly. Yeah. Good for him. Good for Seth Jones. Good, good for him to get that Cloak. money. Exactly. He's worth it. He's still good in his prime. He's a young guy. Cam Black Oak still have Kane. They, they mean they feel both. They didn't have to give up Doc or the Brink. You see JD when they were talking to JD about the deal on the, at the NHL first round. He was like, we did the best we could. Basically, they they that's didn't a horrible. Get what they but that's a that's a horrible answer because they didn't do the best they could because they let that guy poison that team for uh, for an extra year or so when they should have let him go. It's Cordarella, obvious that, well, that they weren't going to win with them, and he ostracized the players. Exactly. Well, that Patrick look, look what he did with Line A. I mean, when they traded and got Line A, why would you even make a trade for a guy like that and put him on a team with a coach like that? That's no. just poor idea of building a franchise and that's why they put themselves in that spot because they made because like i've said before they made the trade just to make the trade both players wanted out and they decided to be a good idea it neither one has worked out in either situation and no and you knew and we were on this show how many times saying patrick liney is not a good defensive hockey player do not expect him to play defense he is not a defensive hockey player let's not even the word good he is not a defensive his thing is he takes one-timers and scores a lot of goals that's who he is He's yep. a goal scorer. He is a, he is a sniper. Yeah, that's what he is. Pierre-Luc Dubois got to get adjusted to his situation in Winnipeg. But it's a shame because the style that Tortorella had in Columbus had them winning. But the problem is it took the toll on the guys that were there. And they didn't he did the same thing stay. to the Ranger team that, that he left. He told and, him not to play offense. Stay back. But the, but the bottom, the bottom line here is this. You got to get rid of those guys who were there because if they were put put there to play Tortorella's style, they're not going to play someone else's style. Those no, guys have to go Seth someplace Jones, else. Seth Jones is looking to better himself and he wanted to go to a bigger market and he's gone to a bigger market in Chicago and the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be better off for it. And he's going to be better off for it. Now Columbus is going to be rebuilding yep. as, as Cam Atkinson said today in the press conference after he got traded, he's like, look, I kind of knew the writing was on the wall and the band was being broken up. Um, he's he's a little upset that he got traded because he wanted to stay here and, and be a part of it. But he goes to Philly. Philly's making a lot of moves. They brought in Rasmus Ristolainen from Ellis. uh from Buffalo. They moved out Costas Bear to Arizona as a salary dump. To Ryan Ellis. And you know what? I I was talking to Kobe Cohen, who's been on the show a lot, and a lot of people look at Ristolainen's analytics, and he says he's a poor defenseman, and they don't give him enough credit. For what he is, and he and he's a good. I think he's still a good defenseman in this league. And he played in Buffalo. Let's be honest, Buffalo's not the greatest, and I think they put too much expectations on this kid. 
Now that Philly question. has Ryan Ellis, Ellis can be paired with Povaroff on the top pair. You put Sandheim with Ristolainen on a second pair. That's a really good top four, and Philly could be dangerous. And if they have a good defense in Carter Hart, that's going to make Carter Hart better, right, Jay? You want goalie's confidence comes from the defense in front of them. And if you have a good defense, the goaltending could be a lot better this year. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, that the defense from the very beginning of the year, they, they were saying just the style of whatever under, you know, Nino. coach was just not giving Hart any any backup. I mean, a goalie wants to know, like the defense wants to know that their goalie is going to try and make every save possible. He wants to know his defense is going to be there for him in that crease battle increase. Scoop the pucks, scoop the rebounds up and get him out. And then you'll, people around. And then, and then you're going to do whatever you have to do. It's from the goalie out. And, and they have to hope that Hart can get his confidence back. That's a big thing. And, he had, and they had no thing. defense I at think, all last year. I think this with this defensive pair, because then you can move some things around. You have Justin Braun on the on the third pairing. Maybe you move over Rannon if Cam York's ready. They The Flyers actually, you know, their defense is actually better than it was last year. It didn't help Light that they didn't retire. Light years are better, and if they get the quality goaltending, they could make some noise. Now that they now the big thing is they're going to need goal scoring, and you know Cam Atkins is a good player. You know I know him. He's, I hope nothing but the best for him in Philadelphia. Uh, I hope he does well there. I've always been a fan of his in Columbus. It's a shame he got traded, but you know what? You know Flyers are looking to make improvements and try to get back to the playoffs this year, and that's what they need to do. So it was an interesting trade for sure to say the least, but again, they're trying to make moves here and improve their team. And that's what they're doing. You know, what was surprising Alex Nedeljkovic to Detroit for the rights for Jonathan Bernier. I didn't, didn't think Carolina was going to trade a rookie of the year nominee who was their future to Detroit, but Stevie Y signs him for two years, 3 million AAV puts him in a position to be good in a couple of years. If this kid does what he keeps doing, the Red Wings are set in that position as they continue their rebuild. Stevie Y could wind up being – he could wind up being the Jerry West of the NHL, a guy who is a premier Hall of Fame player who turns out to be a better executive than his Hall of Fame playing status because he, he finds a way to do it. I mean, that's why the people in Detroit spent the money to bring him back there because look what he did in Tampa. He built that team. Put the right exactly. coach in place, built that team, yeah. and now he's now he's resurrecting a team that you know had a twenty-plus year run of 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 being a contender in the playoffs, and then just fell off the cliff. You know, all of a sudden, you know, probably a lot of it had to do with Price Nikki Lichter retiring. Crisis success. That's what that happens. I mean, yeah. look, let me tell you something. He, like anyone, you look at certain teams and say, "What are they doing?" Let me go see if I can get this guy. Look what they're doing. They net the, the goalie that I can't pronounce. They're never going to pronounce it right. They traded him to Detroit. They don't have any goalies. They have no goalie sign. And he got them to the playoffs. I mean, so really, the moves that are being made are not making sense. Maybe Carolina is looking to go from the deep end out, unless they're, they have a – of how they're going to – Well, unless, they, unless they're going to re-sign – unless they're bringing in a guy like Kalak or, or, or somebody – or they're going to rely on either Reimer, a combination of Reimer, Mrazek, and Bernier to be their goaltending duo next year, which to me is a poor goaltending tandem than Nevdelkovic or 
give me one of those two guys as a backup because, and the Hurricanes needs to, you know, obviously they're making a push to keep Dougie Hamilton. I know that him, them and the Devils are, are making big time advancements to keep, to get that player. I wouldn't be shocked if he stays in Carolina, to be honest. I think they really need him there. Uh, the Devils need him too as a def- on defense. But the thing is, I think that Hamilton is going to end up staying there for some reason. Just don't tell me why. I don't. I can't tell you why, but I think they'll figure out a way to get it done. But their goaltending will be not as good this year as, it, as it's been unless they are able to keep like Morazic as their starting goaltender because if they, it's Bernier and Reimer, I don't know if that gets the job done in, in a Metro division. Nope, doesn't get the job done. And, and, and you would phase out there or not – there will be players. There will be players. Yeah, there will be players outside of Rask, who's probably going to stay in Boston. Yeah, he's not yeah, going. He, wants he can't to go anywhere because he's out for almost the whole year. Exactly. So Boston can keep him and keep it and open up LTIR space. Exactly. How about this one for you guys? Before we like like I was saying, Arizona seems to be the place to and don't and don't forget with Detroit. That's where everyone goes to retire, Arizona. Exactly. But don't forget with Detroit, <laughs> they got a lot of caps today. So they could take on a bad contract for a year. And just be like, all right, we'll, we'll take it for you. We'll get to the cap floor or whatever. And then they get rid of it, and then they'll be able to sign more, even more free agents. So I think Detroit could be a player in the market for sure to get better quickly. But like we said, Arizona seems to be a place to go retire. How about this? Obviously, Oliver ekman Larson said there was only two spots he was going last year. It was Vancouver or Boston. He goes to Vancouver along with Connor Garland to the Canucks for Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, Louis Erickson, uh, the ninth overall last night and a 2022nd round pick. Not only that, the Coyotes are going to eat 12% of Ekman Larson's salary. So basically the Canucks opened up a lot of cap space by getting rid of three bad contracts so they can sign Quinn Hughes and, and uh, Pedersen as well, along with Connor Garland. So Canucks are making move in a weak Pacific division that has added Seattle and Seattle's team is pretty decent. They still get better outside of the draft picks that we saw, but the Canucks have definitely improved with this trade. Well, they, they were smart yeah. enough to realize that this year was an aberration playing in the division they played in. Cause we go back to normal next year. We're not going to have, have an, a North division. And so they're going to be in a weaker division with a lot of, you know, poorer cousins out there like the LA's and the Anaheim's of the world. And so that makes sense for them. They've got to sign guys like Hughes long-term because you let these guys become free agents and then you pay. He might go more. to New Jersey and go play with his brothers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like he could legitimately think about this. He could legitimately go to New Jersey, give them a little bit of a discount because they could take care of that contract with one of the other brothers. Because remember, that dad's negotiating it all. Right. And, so I and why would they that. not want them all together? Getting Garland too is huge for Vancouver. Now look at the deals that have been signed for defensemen. If OEL has a bounce back with being with Vancouver, he wants to be with that. He wants wants to be with that team, and they're holding up twelve percent. Then it's a great deal. But here's the thing: like Arizona, every year we talk about this, and you know, and it's a shame that things just didn't work out for them after '97 and '98 when Ronick and Kachuk and all those guys sure, were there, and they couldn't get a downtown arena. But from what I was told and reading. The salary cap's 81.5. Their their cap, their internal cap is 65. They're operating at 50 million. Like they're just shedding salary. 
there's got to be a rule against that in the next collective bargaining agreement because I would think the players, you know, would have if there's a cap, there should be also a, a basement. You can't well, go below a, a certain cap number. Floor. The cap floor is sixty-five million. You need to get to it. But real cash, are but, only. But it's not real cash million. for them because if if those guys are on 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 LTR, then then the team isn't paying it. The insurance policies are paying it. Well, the team's still paying it. No, I thought I thought when the guys aren't play, aren't playing, the insurance policy picks up a percentage of that of that they injury pick money. Up a percentage, but the team mostly pays for it. See, I thought that that the insurance companies picked up like a like north of fifty percent of that money. Uh, and it doesn't count against that, but the cap. I know when you go on LTIR, you still get paid. So, well, you definitely get paid. But I know in other sports, guys, guys don't like like when like in a baseball player gets injured, the insurance policy covers seventy five percent of of the salary. The team pays twenty five percent and the premium. Regardless, I, the way Arizona is being run, I wouldn't be shocked if they're they move to like new owner. They're running this team like they want to get run out of town. It's a new owner. They really do, and and. and and it, it ha- I understand they're a big TV market, but it comes to a point when you just got to start putting a winning franchise on the ice or you're going to be like the Cleveland Indians. Oops, I said it. On, in the, the tribe? Movie, yeah, the tribe. The like tribe? In Major League, when Rachel Phelps tried to, you know, move the team to Miami because they wanted to be team to be so bad. But the problem is the Coyotes are like that. It's like, how much longer are you going to want to go there and the league can keep this team there? It gets to a point where you're like, all right, either like give them like some rules and help them out because the salary cap clearly isn't at, or move them someplace where they can be successful. Well, that's on the yeah. league. And, I, and I'll tell yeah. you a, a quick story about league in from 1964 to 1980. The New York football giants were the laughing stock of football. They were the flagship franchise and they couldn't they couldn't finish 500. They had two years in that stretch where they barely could be said, said that they were a contender. And finally the league got fed up with it because it hurt the league with their contract negotiations for TV revenue. And they said, here's a guy named George Young. He's going to run your team. You back away and give him a budget and leave him be because we can't have you stinking this long. And they couldn't move because they, they weren't moving out of New York. And it was just hurting the NFL. The NHL has to step in and say, Arizona is a big market. Phoenix is a big market. It's an up-and-coming market as well as being big because people keep moving there. Why in the world are we allowing this team to be the laughing stock of this league when expansion teams come in here and contend immediately and year after year, Arizona is embarrassing? Right. Exactly. It can't happen anymore. Or they move. No, but, but, but Batman and the league owned the team for years, and they still didn't perform. They just kept on to the, it. It comes to a point where you need to be like, look, either put the winning franchise, get an ownership that cares, and start spending money or removing you to a place that will. Yeah. Quebec is starving for an NHL team again. Yeah, Montreal ain't letting that happen. No, well, Montreal's probably not going to let I that know. happen again. And Bettman the, doesn't the, want the, any more teams north of the border. Yeah. The, the next the next moves to Houston. So 100% Houston. The next moves to Houston whether it be relocation or expansion and most likely it's going to be relocation. Yeah, cuz they're not I don't think this league is going past 32. No. It's a nice balance. Mm-hmm. Very nice balance. Yeah. So, I mean, look, those are some of the big trades of the week here in the National Hockey League. A lot of pieces being moved. A lot of things happening. Uh, probably could see more stuff as we hit free agency. Obviously, the other big news was Taylor Hall obviously officially signed his contract. We knew Boston that. knew that. That's pretty self-explanatory. Easy deal for him. Mike Smith stays in Edmonton. I mean, I get. I mean, that's the only move they really can make. They just can't bring the same tandem back. 
So there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of things to watch as we move through the weekend and into the beginning of next week with free agency right around the corner on July 28th. And I know Mark wanted to touch on something before we get out of here in regards to Montreal Canadiens and their draft pick last night. I did want to touch on that. I also wanted to touch on, we, we left out the third team in New York, the most successful one of, as of late. Oh, the the Islanders. Islanders. We, we forgot to talk about losing Mr. Eberly in the expansion draft. And, and I think that's a big loss for them because that's one heck of a player. I know he's plus 30. So I, I understand that, you know, in, in a league where you want to stay young, maybe that's the guy you expose, but I would have thought that Clutterbuck would have been the guy they would have let go. No, because Lou, Lou knows that you need that identity line. He protected yeah. all those guys. He wasn't going to lose any of those guys. And, and from what it was, it seemed like Seattle was either going to take Bailey or Everly. And, and they wanted to make sure they didn't touch Bailey. So to be honest, the Islanders are lucky they didn't take line. Bailey. Yeah, exactly. They're, I'm, they're I'm shocked there wasn't a quid pro quo deal there where you take him and trade him back to us. It's Lou. Everybody knows not to miss, mess with Lou. It's true. <laughs> and, and, and Lou doesn't give a, you know what, about most forwards. He thinks no, they're interchangeable. It pretty much so. But that's the thing. Like, you know, to be honest, yeah, Everly was good for them. But yeah. I mean, I Ranger fans will always think of Everly as a guy who's putting daggers into them. They're talking about exactly. Wallstrom, you know, giving Wallstrom a full time. I think Wallstrom will move up in the lineup. I think yes, so. come come July 28th, I think Suter and Parisi will be in New York and the Islanders because it just makes too much sense. And, and that's why keep- I think they let this happen because th- they want the money for those guys. Right. And then you could probably re-sign Palmieri, bring in another scorer here and there, and then they'll be fine. So I, Lou knows what he's doing there. They're going to be – the Islanders would be fine, but it is a tough loss. But I think it would have been a tougher loss if it was Bailey, to be honest. And I think those were the and two guys that went And don't forget they get Anders Lee back, too. So that kind of offsets the Everly loss. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Hey, they got a lot of money. There's a lot of money to spend. There's going to be a lot of moves and a lot of goalies. A lot of goalies are switching places come Wednesday. Because they're all interchangeable, the guys who are out there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just saying this, like I was saying before, I'm just this Gorgiev, love him, love him. If he doesn't want to be in New York, you got to trade him. Who is ready? You got, you know, Kincaid. You still got Kincaid on one year. Still got Kincaid. Now, he was the guy that they actually got so that he could be put available for the draft. And they drafted a six foot eight goalie today. Okay. Their goalie deep already, Gorgiev. I mean, who does Reddy is expendable at this point? I think his time passed here because he had the chance when Shesterkin was out for an extended period, and we've documented it so many times. He never seized the reins. He looked terrible, and Kincaid came in and played well. He made Kincaid's a journeyman, but I think he's going to be traded because he has he signed for a year, and he's definitely better than any of the UFAs out there that are there that they would have to sign for more. And there's so many openings. I think he's better because he's worth – he got paid less. I don't think he's better yeah. talent-wise. No. But how many teams take a goalie and try and get A? Maybe they'll get their mojo back. Maybe he can't handle the pressure in New York. And he's going to do well where the pressure's not there, that it's all on him. Well, you know, we'll there are a lot of openings. We'll see what happens. There's going to be yeah, a lot I'll of private, a lot of movement come July 28th. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll yes, see what yes. Carolina does. They have to get two goalies. I mean, a yeah, lot they of teams- – a lot of teams need to – and the UFAs out there are, are not – if you're going to really go for it, you will them, you know – I mean, but Gorgiev, as far as I heard, said he think he wants to change the scenery. 
So we got to give it to him because you can't have a goalie that doesn't want to be there. And you can't play in front of a goalie like that. You can't. This is the playoff run. And you got Huda. So to me, I'm just saying, I think Gorgiev, for the sake, if he wants out, and for the Rangers, this is the time to trade him. It's a luxury to talk about the backup trading, goalie. But he may have lost his confidence of being able to play in New York. That's all I'm saying. I agree on that. So we'll end on that note. Yep. Again, guys, thanks for tuning in. Season 2, Episode 30. We'll try to be back again next week if free agency starts. We'll look at the big names that went around. Um, the te- new teams, new faces, new teams, same faces, old teams. We'll see what happens. Talk more local hockey, more news and notes from around the league. I'm your host, Jim Berenger, Mark Weiss, Coach Jay. This has been Season 2, Episode 30. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Night, all.